tried all these different diets, um, pretty much every medical diet that's out there I've tried at some point. I did like low FODMAP, I did the GAPS diet, did the SED diet, I did the DASH diet, which is for people for like hypertension. I did the paleo diet, in which I felt like I was going to die, um, and nothing worked. And so at this time, I had a, an acting teacher who was vegan, and like one day he was telling me about veganism and why he was vegan, and I kind of tuned out. my like, yeah, sure, dude, whatever. You know, I, I need meat to survive. I'm not yeah. gonna whatever. But for some reason, that stuck in the back of my mind. And at this point, I was desperate. All these medications weren't working. None of these diets were working. So out of frustration, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna go vegan. So I did that, and literally within a week, my energy levels skyrocketed. Times of elated is your currency. Oh, you can spend it all you like. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. As always, Pat McCauley here. Wanted to give a quick thank you to all of those that came to the first Wild Wellness Weekend um, up in Maine this past weekend. It was so amazing. I feel like I learned more from the people that came than they may have learned from me, believe it or not. Um, just so many different uh, perspectives and uh, people from different backgrounds and it's just so amazing when you get a group of people together, um, you know, all kind of high vibrational people, if you will, um, you know, in three, four days of no booze, all, you know, whole plant foods and movement and, you know, uh, walks and runs by the ocean and being in a quiet, peaceful place kind of away from it all. Uh, it's just amazing what can happen uh, in in environments like that, and it was just incredible stuff. So, thanks to all that came and that you know made it possible. And stay tuned for the next one. I think uh, the next one uh, we're going to do on the West Coast. So, um, for the LA folks, uh, stay tuned. Um, which leads me to this week's episode, uh, which is an episode I did while I was uh, most recently in LA. Uh, this week's guest is Sam Mara. So Sam is an LA-based actor. Um, he's a big vegan advocate and plant-based advocate um, and just a great dude. Um, we talk all about Sam's life growing up in Seattle, uh, what brought him to LA and, and ultimately led him to uh, pursuing acting, um, working alongside Julia Roberts, uh, which I thought was really cool. He kind of just slides it in there. We don't talk a ton about it, but I had to put that in because I think that's like crazy. He was in something with Julia Roberts. Anyway, uh, how he has put his ulcerative colitis into remission with a plant-based diet and all the other benefits he's experienced from eating plant-based over the past few years um, and his experience with other diets he's tried um, to um, combat some of the health issues he's had. Um, why he originally went vegan for health issues, but remains vegan for the reasons you are, most people are vegan for ethical reasons. Um, and he has this great, uh, spiel, uh, towards the middle of the episode, um, all about why being vegan is, um, a human rights issue. So it's not something a lot of people talk about often. I, I agree with him when he says, I think people should be talking more about it. Um, I won't 
um, ruin why uh, veganism is a human rights issue. It's not just an animal rights issue. It's a human rights issue. Um, so I'll let him tell the rest on that. We talk a little bit about intermittent fasting as well um, and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, Sam is just a good dude. He's just like kind of what I picture when I'm uh, when I'm out in L.A., right? Just that like shredded dude. You know, he's always working out like on the beach and by the ocean and uh, vegan actor, you know. He, he, he fits in that mold for me, but like in, in the best way. Um, so really enjoy getting to know him and I know we'll, we'll connect, uh, next time I'm out there or when he's out this way. So enjoy, um, without further ado, the man, Sam Mara. All right, I got Sam Marr in the house. We're out in uh, L.A. In we're in Mar Vista right now. Yes, this is um, I think technically the Mar Vista area. Yeah, and yeah. you're like 10, 20 minute drive away, or so? yeah. yeah, yeah. Which by L.A. standards is like super, super close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice man. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I feel I like, honored to be here. Yeah. Thanks, man. I like. Um, I've seen you on Instagram and and whatnot <laughs> thanks. for quite a while, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we glad we could do it. Definitely, because I know you're you're spreading the good word and definitely like live the live the life and you know look incredible. So well, thanks, man. Try um, and do. I, can, yeah. I don't think I have the same reach that you do with this podcast, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it. you do now. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess <laughs> so, so. So I'd I'd love to just give some like background for people. Okay. Um, in terms of you're originally from out here, yeah. Uh, originally from Seattle, but yeah. I've been in so LA West Coast, for yeah. forever. Yeah, ten years now, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. Does that make me a local? I don't know. I don't uh, know. I don't know. LA, a decade, maybe. Some locals will tell me that makes me a local. Some will say no, unless you're born here. Then. Yeah. But. So Seattle, big family, small family. Like, what was kind of life growing up? Um, life was good. Um, I had a small family. Had a, a sister, two parents. Um, yeah, it was pretty standard, <laughs> you know, childhood. Um, nothing really special about it. Yeah. Grew up eating the standard American diet, of course. Um, but yeah, it was a great place to grow up. Yeah. And were you like, I picture Seattle, I've never been, but I picture it very much like, I picture it like Vancouver. I've been to Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. It's very much so. All right. I would say that there is, I mean, this is my own opinion. It's heavily biased, but I think Seattle has a little bit more. Maybe, I don't know if culture is the right word, but I feel like there's more historical, culturally stuff you can do in Seattle than Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the vibe, the weather, the people, it's pretty similar. Yeah. So were you like semi-outdoorsy growing up or no? Uh, define outdoorsy. Like, <laughs> it wasn't climbing mountains or anything like okay, that. Okay, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd go out. I was, you know, we'd bike yeah. as a family. I played sports, everything, all that. Yeah. Yeah. What sports were you playing? Pretty much anything that doesn't take place on ice or snow, I've done at some point in my yep. life. Why not uh, on ice or snow? I don't know. I mean, my parents were never big um, ice, snow people, even though my dad's from Montana. Uh, and I guess I've just never had the drive or ambition to like go skiing or snowboarding. Yeah. Um, not that I'm against it. It just, I guess the prospect of having to wake up early and then drive four hours to freeze to death on a mountain just didn't sound super appealing. But yeah. I-, I would go. Someone would need to drag me to go, but I'd go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you, do you play sports throughout, like, 
uh, high school and college or? Yeah, I did it through high school and then um, college started focusing on school. So yeah. um, then just started doing recreational stuff, but nothing competitive. Yeah. And you said you, so you came out here for school. That was kind of the first step to. Yes. To LA. Yeah. Yes. Came out here, went to Loyola Marymount, uh, went to film school. Yep. Um, did that whole thing. And yeah. uh, never really left. What was the, what was the plan at the time? Was it to get into acting, or was it to like write, or like what was like the right. thought process with the film? The I guess what I was aiming to do when I went to film school was to get into the whole production side of, of filmmaking. I didn't know what I wanted. Maybe directing, producing something, crew work. Wasn't sure. Um, however, by about my senior year of college. Uh, I realized I didn't really want to be in film school. But at that point, it was already too late. Um, so I finished my degree and then kind of dabbled in sort of random things after that for a few years. Um, and then acting is something that always interested me. So I took a class just kind of on a whim. Um, I, I'd done it like as a kid and stuff, but it wasn't anything that I, you know, perceived as being a potential career or anything like that. Yeah. So I kind of got back into it and it just clicked and then kind of spiraled out of control from there. Yeah, so... Yeah. How hard is it to, like, actually get going with it? Like, you know, <laughs> you, there's a lot of people that, like, moved right. to L.A. Yeah. to act. You know, you just made it sound like it was pretty linear, <laughs> you know? But is it, yeah. like, is it actually just, like, as you see in movies, like, showing up for the, you know, tryout-type situations and just, like you know, reading some lines and yay or nay? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's a total crapshoot, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it is interesting, though, I think, because I've been doing this for a while, what I've noticed is there isn't anyone who just shows up out of nowhere and just blows up. I think that's kind of a misconception we hear of these overnight success stories. Really doesn't happen. Um, if you look at anyone who's big or a major star or anything, and you look at their history and what they've done, they've been acting forever. Um, even, like, child stars, um, we look at the people from, like, Twilight, you look at what they've done. They were going to auditions when they were four or five years old. Mm. Um, so there's kind of that, um, I guess, mindset out there or thought that it takes something like 10 years to become a working actor. Um, and so a lot of people, I think when they move out here, I think the same place in New York, same thing in New York, um, they think, oh, you know, I'll give, it, I'll give it a year and see what happens. Well, I wish you good luck, but it's probably not going to happen in one year. Yeah. Um, so it's just a grind. It's it's a yeah. uh, war of attrition. Whoever can last the longest, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And deal gotcha. With the, uh, deal with the BS the longest. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought, man? You get to work hard for it for like an extended period of time. You I know, to right? Get out of town. I know. You have to work hard for things. <laughs> Who would have thought? Nice, man. So what was like your what was your first kind of gig? Like how? What was your like first? <laughs> I'm now an actor. Uh, I don't know. I still don't even know if I can call myself an actor. <laughs> uh, let's see. The yeah, we first were... gig. Oh, my God. Like, ever, ever? Like, as a little kid or, like, when no, I like, started like doing this? No, like, in L.A. Uh, the first? Oh, yeah. Like, okay. that you got or, or that you got pay for. That I got some that? money for? Yeah, okay, yeah. I remember now. The first thing I ever did was this sort of short film that was kind of a promotional video for, um, I guess... Uh, teenagers in Catholic school to encourage them to go through confirmation. Um, so it was this, this kind of ridiculous, uh, I'm not going to say names or anything, but it's this kind of ridiculous, um, really hokey promotional yeah. video, really corny storyline. 
about this uh, kid who like goes through confirmation and then you know his everything in life turns out perfectly of course uh, so yeah, that was the first thing I think I did nice that I got money for nice and from I mean from there it's just literally like you know is there a place you go to see like when people are or shows or movies are looking for people like is there one place everybody goes um, like how do you continue to like get gigs? Where do you find? Oh, them? I you see. Know? Um, yeah. well typically you'd have your own, your representation, you have manager agent, they'd find these things for you. Um, other than that, I mean, everything's online now. So yeah. when there's something that's casting a project, they'll release it online. Sometimes they only release it to agents or managers and then agents, managers send their people, they call people in, they audition. Um, it's a cattle call. It's a crapshoot. It's like trying to win the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. nice man. What's been the best, the the most fun you've had on a project? What, what was the best? The best most one fun? You've... Oh man! I mean, probably the big, the most high profile one I did was Homecoming on Amazon, which okay. I think is streaming now. Go ahead and check it out. I'm in a couple episodes, you might see my my goofy mug in a few of them. Um, Who's like the big? Julia Roberts, star in that? Is, Julia Roberts is the headliner. That's pretty yeah. sick, huh? Yeah, it was cool. You're in a movie with Julia Roberts. In a TV show with or Julia TV Roberts. Show. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is right? pretty cool, right? <laughs> That's um, cool. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, it was cool. It's a good show. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously I have a lot of critiques because I worked on it, but yeah. yeah, I think the general consensus out there is that the show is pretty solid. So I encourage everyone to check it out. Yeah. Um, Can you give us a quick little like premise? What, like what's it Yeah. Uh, so Homecoming, it's, it's based off a podcast, um, but it focuses on uh, a group of soldiers coming back from Afghanistan and they're being yeah. treated for PTSD at this psychiatric facility, which is headed by Julia Roberts or Julia Roberts' uh, character. And then uh, things get really weird after that. Yeah. So, so are you a soldier? Yeah, I play one of the soldiers. Nice. All right. Yeah, it's a small role, but uh, yeah. it's in a few episodes and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, got to work with uh, Sam Esmail, who was, uh, he wrote and directed uh, Mr. Robot. Cool. Uh, Very yeah. cool. So, yeah. Nice. That's probably dude. the biggest so, thing I did. Yeah. So what's been kind of the journey on uh, the, the health and wellness side? Oh, geez. Um, well, where do I begin with that? <laughs> uh, you want to talk about like where I started with like the vegan diet and all that? or Yeah, or just like, yeah, or even like leading up to that. Like, okay. Yeah, whatever you, however you want to take it, your story. Okay, for yeah. sure. Um, let's see if I can be as succinct as possible. I uh, probably won't be, but I'll try. Um, let's see. Um, uh, it all well. First of all, a, a vegan diet was not anything on my radar at all uh, for the longest time. I, you know, I grew up eating the standard American diet. Um, went to McDonald's as a kid and all that. Yeah. Um, but let's see. Around oh, it must have been like 2013, 2014, I started having health problems, uh, mainly gastrointestinal things. Um, and I did. They ran all these tests. I got scoped both ends. Everything kind of checked out normally. Uh, but I still felt terrible. I mean, I was bloated. I felt, um, had no energy. Yeah. Um, had skin problems. I had all sorts of weird things. So I tried all these different diets. Um, pretty much every medical diet that's out there I've tried at some point. I did like low FODMAP. I did the GAPS diet. did the SED diet. I did the DASH diet, which is for people for like hypertension. I did the paleo diet, in which I felt like I was going to die. Um, and nothing worked. And so at this time, I had a, an acting teacher who was vegan. And like one day he was telling me about veganism and why he was vegan. And I kind of tuned down, like, yeah, sure, dude, whatever. You know, yeah. I, I need meat to survive. I'm not yeah. going to, whatever. But for some reason, that stuck in the back of my mind. 
And at this point, I was desperate. All these medications weren't working. None of these diets were working. So out of frustration, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go vegan. So I did that. And literally within a week, my energy level skyrocketed. Before that, uh, I was doing paleo. And what I was doing is I'd go to bed at 11. I'd set my alarm for 11 a.m. So I had 12 hours. I would sleep the entire way through. And the alarm would wake me up out of like the deepest sleep. And I would still be totally exhausted during the day. 12 hours of sleep. I sleep 12 hours and I still felt totally exhausted. Jesus. So I went vegan and then my energy level skyrocketed. Yeah. I'm like, what? So that was reason enough to stick with it. The so, other things, like they got better over time. Took a little while for them to get better. But that, just that initial sort of reaction where the energy levels went up, that was enough for me to stay with it. So was it more so eliminating the animal products for you, do you think? Or was it more like getting whole plant foods into your diet? I think it was a combination of both. Because yeah. I was doing paleo, so I was eating a lot of meat. Yeah. Um, I was also eating a lot of vegetables and a fair amount of fruit. But I think switching the plant-based diet, I finally got the carbohydrates I needed to get the glucose in the body because the body prefers to run glucose if it can. Um, so I think that was a main reason for the energy shift. And then just not just you know, not having a bunch of meat in your system that you have to digest, which takes a lot to digest. Mm. Um, so I think maybe it was just that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe my body just needed to cool it, you know, just putting in all these toxic animal products. It was like, dude, just chill out and eat some rice and broccoli for once. Yeah. You know, have some fruit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and were you like a, like I was always like, you got to eat something every like two and a half hours to kind of like, that was like my muscle building, like mentality of keeping like metabolism going. Right. Did you I did do any that. of that stuff? I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't one of those people who had like six meals a day in yeah. Tupperware containers, yeah. but I was definitely a person who had three solid meals, <laughs> yeah. had the snacks after I worked yeah. out, all, had the pre-workout, all that. Yeah. Uh, but now I do intermittent fasting. So mm-hmm. I guess I went total 180 on that. Um, yeah. What's your, what's your, uh, split? Like, don't eat till 2 p.m. or something like that? Right. I know a lot of people have, like, set windows, and I think that works. That's a great way of going about it. Um, I don't really have a set window. I think I just just try to push my – I eat two meals a day, try to push my first meal back as late as I can, and then I have dinner whenever. So my first meal is usually around 12 to 2, and then dinner 5 to 7, give or take. We're on the same train, dude. Yeah. I just ate my my first one before you came. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that was was something I – What did you have? Yeah, no, we fired up some uh, rice beans – Avocado, had some, made some hummus, little chips and hummus. Oh, yeah, a whole spread. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, actually, before that, Richie made a uh, uh, cherry, watermelon, spinach, cucumber, blueberry, banana. And celery and cinnamon. And celery and cinnamon. Like all it was blended lights up? out. Yeah, all the way up. I was about to say, I thought you ate it individually. (laughs) Like, that's pretty pretty hardcore, man. That was a a bomb smoothie, though. Yeah, Um, sounds great. And before that, yeah, we we ran uh, about 13 miles, too. Well done, guys. Both, two things both of us, like, never would have done in a thousand years. Like, Richie was a, uh, Richie's been on this podcast for people listening if you want to hear his story, but uh, Richie was, like, pro hockey player um, and, like, similar you know, awesome. similar, like we just never would have gone out and just run like that. You know, it's just for amazing sure. how like the body's changed for us, you know? Likewise. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so make the switch, bunch more energy. Yeah. So I made the what? switch. Um, and then, uh, what I didn't know at the time, but now I know, uh, if you've seen some of my recent Instagram posts, 
uh, this past year, so about, I don't know, June, July of 2018, again, starting having bowel and digestive issues. Um, got really bad to the point where like there's blood. So I went to the hospital. Uh, they gave me a bunch of antibiotics, which made it worse because I had an allergic reaction to it, and I eventually got hospitalized. And that's when I was diagnosed with, with uh, ulcerative colitis. Um, so Can now you that explain I know that, like, what that is for yeah, people that Ulcerative colitis uh, is similar to Crohn's disease. It's an inflammatory bowel disease. It's considered an autoimmune disease. Your body attacks your uh, large intestine for ulcerative colitis. If you have Crohn's disease, your body can attack anywhere in the digestive tract, small intestine, large intestine, stomach. Um, there's really no cure, quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, you just got to find a way to manage the symptoms or find some way to put yourself into remission. So knowing that and then looking back at what I experienced in 2013, 2014, I, it was 2013, 2014, all those issues, it was a flare. So I've had ulcerative colitis for now looking back, uh, like I started having symptoms in high school. Mm. Um, and so switching that vegan diet in 2013, 2014 was in a way uh, addressing the ulcerative colitis and it pretty much put me into remission for four years. Mm. Um, which if you talk to anyone about Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, that's really, really rare to be put into remission just off diet alone, especially for that long. Um, so I credit the vegan diet for being able to last that long. Yeah. Um, so flares back up. Yeah. And at the time, to be honest, I wasn't taking super good care of myself. Um, I mean, I was still vegan and everything, but I wasn't eating. You were, like, you were eating at, what'd you say? Yeah. Moonies? I, was, I was eating at like doomies. doomies. And <laughs> nothing wrong with doomies. We're not, we're not vilifying doomies or anything, yeah, right. but you know, I was in, definitely enjoying the vegan delicacies and junk food for yeah. sure. Wasn't sleeping really well. I was kind of stressed out at work. So I kind of did it to myself, frankly. Um, so then it got bad and then I just had to sort of go back to the drawing board and go back to eating well, get the stress levels under control, start sleeping properly. And, um, yeah, it's just one of those things we have to manage forever. Uh, I don't know if I'm quote cured or not, Yeah, but yeah, the vegan diet is, is monumental and managed to keep me in remission for four years. And I think I credit it to being able to return to normal quote unquote yeah. uh, as quickly as I have now. Yeah. And even just like understanding that like you're more in control of it than you think, you know? Right. And yeah. it's just like, okay, it's flaring up again. It's like, yeah. all right, you know. Exactly. No more, no more doomies for a little while. Like <laughs> right. let's do some, <laughs> right. let's do some whole plant foods for a while and exactly. like prioritize the life. So we're sleeping and reducing stress and, and doing all the things. It's like, just, just like most people don't do that. Right. Most people don't, sure. they're like, Oh, it's flaring up. And it's like, yeah, you know, they, they take, the yeah, medication. give me the medication yeah. and which is nothing wrong with that, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. But sure. there isn't a connection to the fact that like they're, you know, what they're doing every day is contributing you know right yeah and i think yeah. even just you know now having a a name for what i've been experiencing since high school is just helped keep things in perspective yeah and be able to have a plan of action for when these symptoms do kick in yeah um but yeah yeah so, so that's what's been going on nice man yeah <laughs> nice so there is i know we, we were talking a little bit about this briefly before mm -hmm. so you changed the diet for you know health reasons number one right but then some other aspects of veganism you're you become aware of i'm assuming oh for sure yeah, yeah. Uh, i think that's why i've been able to stick with it because i feel most people uh when they go vegan for health reasons and if that's the only reason they do it eventually they're so, they're gonna start feeling better and then 
if that's the only reason they went vegan was for health reasons, then I feel that's how they quickly become those ex-vegans that are out there because they start feeling better and like, all right, I'm going to start eating eggs and bacon again and see what happens. Um, I think what keeps people into veganism or makes them stay is the whole other things, the environment, the ethics, uh, animal rights, human rights, all those things. Um, and so that's definitely what's kept me in it. Um, cause you know, during this, this whole health debacle I had, oftentimes doctors say like, well, you should really consider, you know, start eating these animal products cause then you'll start feeling better. Um, which obviously didn't have an effect, but if I was someone who was just doing vegan for health reasons and I didn't have the other reasons behind it, I could easily have been like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll start drinking this bone broth or you know, yeah. eating these egg whites <laughs> or whatever. The bone broth kills me, man. Like... It's just so, like literally I was in a, I've told this story before, but I was in a, in a juice shop and some uh, girl in front of me asked if like she could put like collagen in her smoothie. Uh Like she was like, do you have collagen? And, uh, you know, the, the, the guy was like, oh, you know, we're like an animal free, you know, juice bar, blah, blah, blah. Right. And she was like, oh, like, you know, like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what, you know, she like she didn't know what collagen was, uh-huh. you know, it was just like the latest like uh-huh. sort of health thing. And I, I truly believe that's most people. It's just like, they don't, they can't connect to what it actually is. And it's like, yeah, there's definitely a lack of education up, like for sure. Animal bone, you know, I it's mean, like, yeah. Well, that speaks bizarre. also to a larger problem with our, I guess, education mm-hmm. system is that we don't really yeah. have any nutritional classes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what a calorie was until college. Yeah. And that wasn't because of school. just because that's when I started getting into fitness things. For and sure. So it's something I discovered on my own. Yeah. So we don't really have the, uh, I know some countries that's like a major focus is nutritional and, and, and stuff about diet. Yeah. Uh, but here we don't Yeah, really neither talk do about doctors. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like to, they don't like to admit whole that other, yeah. Yeah. They like to always say, trust me, I'm a doctor. But, yeah. Yeah. The whole nutrition training they receive or don't receive isn't that much. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I guess what sort of information did you find? Like what sort of resources did you find that? you know, made you aware of the environmental stuff, made you aware of, um, you know, the humane side of it. Right. I think it started with the, like, documentaries, to be honest. And then those documentaries then spurned, like, you know, internet research and reading different articles. But I think the first documentary I saw was Forks Over Knives, Mm. which, yeah, everyone who's vegan knows about that. Um, If you haven't seen it, see it. Uh, So that was the first one I saw. And then all the other ones as well. Uh, What was it? What the Health? Yeah. Um, what are the other ones? Earthlings. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was the, that was the big kicker. Um, and then, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really stood out, but, uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Have you read how not to die? I've not read it. I have yeah. the book lying you on should. my shelf somewhere. That's, I need to get better yeah. at reading in general. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm brutal with it too, but that was one, like I, when I was first getting into it, like that was, that was the one that like, you know, blew my mind in For terms sure. of like the science. It was just like, holy shit. Like, yeah, I had been doing this my whole life and it makes sense. Yeah. though. A lot of it's like, oh yeah, mm. it would make sense that eating fruits and vegetables are good for you. Yeah. Right. It's like basic shit. I know? think even, <laughs> really I mean, even you know, yeah. yeah, non-vegans will agree that fruits and vegetables are probably pretty good for you. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. There's kind of like the, there's the groups that we all agree on, like fruits and vegetables. Uh huh. Then there's like the middle foods that, oh, yeah. that, that, that's where like the debate is, right? Like the eggs, right. the chicken, the fish, right? right? And then the carbs. Yeah. The yeah. quote unquote carbs, right? right? Which I, 
I always, I've said this a thousand times, but I hate those words, like uh-huh. carbs. And it's just like, <laughs> right. you know, because like you just putting all these foods in like this category, like, you know, people think fruit is high carb mm-hmm. and it's like, it might be, but it's the healthiest food on the planet versus right. like, you know, they put it in the same category as like a Twinkie, you know, it's just like, no, yeah, it's just because absurd. of the carbs, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I hate those words, but, um. Yeah, so I guess what's on the ethics side, and I know you mentioned like human, you mentioned right. human oh, yeah. rights. So that's not something we, I've probably covered it at some point on this podcast, but definitely okay. not recently for people that have kind of gotcha. just got on. But like when people talk about veganism, right. most of the time they, they're not, you know, they don't hear the term human rights. They don't they don't think of it as a human rights issue. So what do you like? Right. I'm not what even do you mean sure. by that? I'm not even sure how I got started into this, but yeah. I think it was just researching the other things mm. involved with veganism that I start putting two and two together and realizing that, um, and I think this is really important. I think we should be talked about more in this community um, and elsewhere for that matter is that veganism isn't just uh, an animal rights issue, an environmental issue, a health issue. It's a, it's a human rights issue. Um, that's, to be honest, that's the main reason why I continue to do what I do and I eat a vegan diet and follow a vegan lifestyle to the best of my ability um, because I care about people and I care about humanity and the value of every human life. And I would like to say that going vegan is one of the most important and easiest things you can do to help your fellow brothers and sisters on this planet. Hope you don't mind. I like, I wrote this out. Now, do you can I read this away? thing? Yeah, yeah I'm going to go on a little rant here, but perfect. I, 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 think it. It, I think it's important that we talk about this because it doesn't get talked enough love about, it. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, going vegan in, in my opinion, and I think you'll, a lot of people agree with me is that it's one of the most important and easiest things you can do to help your fellow man. Um, yes, the environment is important. Animal rights are important. Health is important. But beyond that, um, I don't know if you guys have talked about this, but maybe I've already. Fire away. I mean, I haven't listened to all your podcasts. Please don't <laughs> hate me. But uh, beyond all this, I mean, veganism is directly linked to human rights. I don't think you can say you care about humanity or you care about people if you're not following a vegan diet. Allow me to explain. The meat and dairy industries, for those of you who don't know, have been a complete disaster from a humanitarian perspective, and they have absolutely devastated poor communities, particularly immigrant communities and communities of color. Um, let's look at the uh, CAFOs, so those, uh, what are those? The Concentrated Animal Feeding Operations. I don't, mm. I don't know if you've heard of those. Yeah. So they're basically large facilities packed with livestock, so pigs, cows. Let's look at what those have done, especially in North Carolina. So they have these massive CAFOs in North Carolina, all manner of toxic runoff from hog waste and hog manure leaks out from these factories so much so that it directly endangers the health and well-being of nearby residents. Cesspools of uncovered waste sit right in their backyard. So these residents are literally being covered in shit. Yeah, they're like, there's like yeah. shit lakes. Yeah, like there's, lakes. there's lakes of shit yeah. in these people's backyards. Massive, too. Yeah, and it's in the like air, people too. Don't, yeah, people yeah. don't understand the scale of it. Mm-hmm. But like, if you, if you like Google photo, like, aerial photos of them it's, it's like yeah yeah it's like football fields and football fi- fields of, of shit lakes yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah. endlessly yeah um and these people they're getting sick and dying as a result of it you know they're having skin lesions respiratory ailments elevated blood pressure bacterial infections higher infant mortality rates uh, you can look all this stuff up by the way i'm not yeah, making and this I, up and i will add the, add in too the um 
the disease rates of the actual workers in slaughterhouses oh, and, yeah. and operations that you're referring to are absolutely insane. For sure. I'll get into that too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'm going to let you go. Um, so yeah, these, these cesspiles of shit are in these people's backyards. Guess who these residents are? They're poor communities that are predominantly black and Hispanic. Let's also look at the poultry industry. And you just that brought up that next point is that the poultry industry in America has for decades exploited poor and immigrant communities, subjecting them to unsafe work conditions, labor law violations, and starvation wages. In a report from 2016, Oxfam charged that workers at the four largest U.S. poultry companies, I'm not going to say their name, you can look them up, are routinely denied bathroom breaks, forcing some to wear adult diapers and others to urinate on the cells in order to avoid retribution from supervisors. A Harvest Public Media investigation found that the more than 500,000 men and women who work in slaughterhouses or meat processing plants have some of the most dangerous jobs in America. Government fines for abuses are low and assembly line speeds are so fast that workers are often crippled for life with repetitive motion problems. Not to mention, and you brought this up with a lot of the health problems that workers suffer, many of these workers also suffer from psychological and emotional trauma, including PTSD and depression, as a result of being surrounded by the daily carnage of slaughtered flesh, animal cries, and blood. Seriously, these people have severe psychiatric issues as a result of, of working in these yeah, kind of atmospheres. Yeah. So all of this, the, the CAFOs, the assembly lines, the slaughterhouses, all of this in the name of providing cheap processed meat products that we know now, scientifically, makes us fat and sick. Mm-hmm. Right? Perhaps, though, in my opinion, what's even more insulting is that these toxic food products are then predominantly marketed and sold to low-income urban communities and immigrant communities, causing an abundance of of food-related health issues. Communities that are largely black and Hispanic are specifically targeted for marketing of less nutritious foods. I mean, just look around. I mean, heavily processed foods and fast food chains dominate the already limited dining options in low-income areas. Yeah, the food deserts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when's the last time you saw Whole Foods in a low-income inner-city community? You don't. Right? Yeah. There you go. So think about this. So look at that. Poor people and people of color are being exploited to produce food for other poor people and people of color that we know will make them sick. That's institutionalized racism, Mm. right? This isn't accidental, by the way. I mean, low-income Americans are dying as a result of our racist food system and our insatiable hunger for animal products. Let's also take a look at what our demand for leather and leather products has done. So the process of tanning or preventing animal skins from decaying so you can wear them involves vast amounts of toxic and carcinogenic chemicals. Ignoring the fact that chromium and cyanide-based runoff from tanneries is considered the number one threat in the world to water pollution and ocean dead zones, tannery workers are subjected to all sorts of terrifying workplace hazards. Workers experience increased rates of lung cancer, testicular cancer, soft tissue sarcoma, pancreatic cancer, bladder cancer. The CDC found that the incidence of leukemia among residents in one area uh, near a tannery in Kentucky was five times the national average. Wow. Yeah. And in India, this, the leather industry is even worse. Accidents regularly occur with machine operators getting trapped, workers cleaning underground waste tanks suffocating from toxic fumes, workers getting caught and drowning in toxic sludge, fever, eye inflammation, skin diseases, cancer are typical. Um, these workers handle highly toxic chemicals and they rarely have any safety training or body protection. Uh, I think back in December of 2015, three leather workers died and two were hospitalized after inhaling toxic gases from leather effluent or leather waste uh, in a complex near Calcutta. And what's interesting is that 
Lower caste Dalits, untouchables, and minority Muslims make up the majority of the workforce in leather industries in India. And this job is considered dirty and polluting. Um, India is the world's second largest producer of footwear and leather garments. So all this for the sake of some cheap leather shoes and a purse. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's also take... I know, I'm sorry, going on no, here. No, this but, is good. Yeah. This is definitely stuff we probably haven't covered. Especially leather, I don't think I've ever gotten into, really. Yeah, yeah. the leather industries. I mean, our demand for leather shoes is causing workers in India to die. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't just say veganism is just about animal rights. Yeah. About humans, too. Let's take a look at what's happening in South America. Global demand for beef has prompted the widespread de- destruction and deforestation of the Amazon to create farms for, to raise cattle. So this has resulted, of course, in dire environmental and climate consequences, but it's also displaced countless indigenous peoples. It has essentially erased their way of life and rendered them homeless. So every time you order a Big Mac, you're directly participating in the creation of international refugees and homelessness. Or how about this? And this, to me, is the real kicker. We already grow enough food to feed the entire world. Yeah, this is the kicker for me, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The problem, though, is we're feeding all that food to livestock. Think about yeah. that. No, seriously, think about that. We have enough food to feed everybody. Yeah, meanwhile, we have yeah. all these organizations trying to mm-hmm. solve world hunger. Asking and for we money. Feed, I know in the U.S. it's something like 60, 60 upwards of 60% of all soy grain and corn we feed to animals yeah 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 that's just the u.s it's more obviously more worldwide but yeah i think yeah. some people estimate that the u.s alone could produce enough food right to feed for the, the rest of the world, world. Yeah. yeah i don't know if that's accurate or not but that, yeah. what does that say so we have enough food to feed everybody but children around the world are dying of starvation in order for us to have our chicken strips and baby back ribs yeah, another right. another thing I'll throw in. I had uh, one of my earliest episodes in the podcast. Mm-hmm. This girl who uh, studied AIDS in like Haiti and some like kind of developing countries. Right. And because of sort of the um, the precedent that we have set in terms of what is a healthy diet, oh, yeah. you know these yeah. these um, you know mothers down there that have you know, these fruit trees, you know, in their yards, right, mm-hmm. would literally be selling their fruit to get eggs and, and meat for their kids because they think, like, their their young kids need that to grow up strong. Yeah. You know, and it's just like... Yeah, the proliferation crazy. of the mindset of the Western diet, it's, like, starting everywhere now. Yeah. Yeah, Asian countries, too. Now they're getting increased rates of, 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 of health problems. Of course, yeah, you and know? it's even, like, yeah... Yeah, even even if you take somebody that you know is from like a blue zone, and you <laughs> you know, right. and you throw them into like Los Angeles or mm-hmm. you know any other U.S. city, it's like they start getting sick. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> by the way, we're exploiting people in order to make these these animal products yeah. and putting them through awful awful circumstances. So next time you buy a pack of bacon, buy that leather purse, or pick up that bucket of chicken wings you are directly promoting and contributing to the continued institutionalized racism, discrimination, marginalization, starvation, and displacement of poor communities, immigrant communities, and communities of color throughout the world. Right? So if, and this is my, I might plead anybody out there who's listening to this who isn't a vegan. If like me, you care about people and you believe in better standards of living, better working conditions, better opportunities for everyone, especially for our poor communities, our immigrant communities, and our communities of color, 
but you still eat meat, dairy, and eggs, then you're a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Like plain and simple. So all of this, sorry, all this is to say that if going vegan for the animals is too tough a pill for you to swallow, how about you go vegan for your fellow brothers and sisters? Mm-hmm. Like, let's wake up, people. I mean, let's, let's break the cycle. Let's, let's be the change. Let's stand up and refuse to bind to the chain of exploitation of our, our fellow man. I mean, not for the animals, but, but for your fellow human beings. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and again, to reiterate, for products that we do not need... Yeah. And not only do we not need, need, but we have the science now that tells us they make us sick. Yeah. So it's like, I don't care where you stand on... The only argument to what you just said is, well, to be a healthy human being, mm-hmm. I need to eat these products. And that, as we now know, is not true. Right. If someone and can actually don't. point to me any kind of scientific study that proves that, which yeah. they haven't, yeah. um, maybe then we can have a conversation, yeah. but... How many vegans are there in the world? You know, if we really couldn't survive and couldn't absorb nutrients, yeah, we should all be dead. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I know, man. Yeah, and, and something I say too, like a lot, like the 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 human, you know, the the, the food, the quantities of food um, that go to animals is is definitely something I like. Yeah, it's just so wrong, you know. When, mm-hmm. yeah, when I think. Probably, I don't know the numbers, how many people like go to bed hungry in the world, but it's, it's, it's probably, astronomical. Yeah. It's, to me, it's inexcusable in the 21st century. Yeah. yeah. It's hundreds of millions. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, like you said, it's, it's ridiculous that and, we grow enough food to feed everybody. We can demonstrate that you can be healthy without eating meat or animal products. And yet nothing's happening. And on top of that, there's also this whole you know, movement to get people clean water. Yeah. Well, how do you, what do you we get use clean water? All the, yeah. <laughs> and what do we use all the water for? Mm-hmm. You know, in, in this country, it's, yeah. again, to raise animals for food. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Actually, it's like you bit, yeah. can't, you can't, you know, we're in LA here, right? Don't you occasionally, like, there's like water bands and stuff? Yeah, when I guess, like, not so much recently, but yeah, that's when there's like droughts, the right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but uh, yeah. the, People that are using over half the United States water to raise animals for food, they don't, they don't get told they can't use the water. Yeah. But you can't, you know, water your lawn. You know, it's just like so yeah. effed up. I think, I think someone, I forget who it was, did the math. And they found out, you know, you see the things like only take five minutes showers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> they did the math and they figured out that if you didn't shower for one year, that water you saved would be used up by one cow in two days. Yep. And how many cows do we have in this country? Right. Yeah. I don't even know if anyone knows the numbers on that. Yeah. But. It's insane though. Like for people that I think like the biggest, the biggest thing for me was like making the connection was I just didn't grow up around it. You know, like Neither I never, I. I never I mean, interacted yeah. with a cow. Like I never saw how animals were raised. I never saw the process. I never drove through parts of the country where you know, there's like, there's a spot in California, like if you drive up the coast from uh, LA to San Jose, isn't there like a... Um, or you go up through the grapevine and you go up the five? Yeah, well, what I, what, when I drove it, it was, this was probably like, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. It's still there. But somebody, yeah, oh, it's definitely still there, I'm yeah. sure. But um, the people I was with called it Cowschwitz. 
yeah. couch with. I know exactly. And it was about. literally like miles and miles of cows. Like I had just. You can always smell it too. Oh my God, dude. You like, yeah, you want to vomit driving through there. Like, mm-hmm. and it is so many livestock. And it's like, I had never seen something like that in my life. I never like interacted with a pig or a cow to know like, right. oh, like they came over and wagged their tail just like my dog did. Like, what the fuck? You know, why, yeah. do, why do I eat these? You know? And it's like, I don't know. It just never, I think most people, I mean, we're in LA, nobody's growing up in areas like that, you know, for the most part. Right. I mean, likewise, I just think there's just a total disconnect. Yeah, and I'd to- see animals yeah. as a kid, but I didn't realize the process that those animals had to go through to then become the food on my plate. It just complete disconnect. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who's to blame for that. Yeah. I think just the way society's structured and I mean, there's, we don't teach our kids that. Mm. if we're not vegans i mean i never got taken to a slaughterhouse as a kid yeah uh, it's not exactly a, a school field trip that they do a whole yeah. lot so yeah you might have gone and like picked apples in the fall or something right? oh yeah for sure we definitely but, I mean, like pumpkin patches <laughs> yeah. and stuff yeah yeah we exactly. didn't go to the it's you funny. know you don't go to the slaughterhouse and pick your not. cow to get killed yeah right? i think there's a reason for that yeah <laughs> pick, pick this cow well, you couldn't get in you have to kill them too yeah Um, but you know, I should say this though. I mean, after I went on that little rant about human rights and all that, I don't think, you know, the companies that, that raise cattle or, or, you know, are providing leather products or other animal based products are inherently evil. They're just responding to a market demand. Exactly. And I think if people stop asking for these products and start asking for other products, the market will change accordingly. Um, it's already happening. I think Carl Jr. McDonald's have vegan burgers now. Uh, Tyson said it's going to release a, a plant-based protein. Yep. So it's not that, I mean, they're, they're capitalists, they're, they're business people. They want to make money and they're going to sell what people want. For sure. Yeah. 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 And it's they're you know, with like the whole clean meat and plant-based meats too, mm-hmm. it's so much more efficient and yeah. doesn't require as much land, doesn't require as resources. You don't have to feed an animal for three years before you kill it. Right. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's like from a monetary standpoint for these companies, it's a it's an easy call. Exactly. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, and, and you definitely see like the, you know, there's 10, 20 billionaires throughout the world that are like, you know, investing in clean meat and plant-based meats. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's a future because it has to be or we run out of land on the planet, right? It's gonna, Yeah, it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But... I don't see why they wouldn't want to do that when it's like less startup costs or less expenses to create a product they can sell at the same price or even more Yeah, because it's still, you know, hip and trendy and a specialty item. So yeah, it just, it depends on what the market asks for. Yeah. So I think the more and more people who start demanding things that aren't animal products, then the market will change accordingly. Yeah. The, the other thing I dislike is obviously like those products are subsidized by the government. Yeah. That's what, that's a big issue. And it's a massive issue. And they, I hate, I think it's in the constitution. I believe that you have to like support farmers. Is it? Um, yeah. Is yeah. It, yeah. Is, which is, it is. That's hilarious. Yeah. And it's the one like industry that like, there's no innovation. Like it's like they're protected. The government subsidizes it. They've yep. been doing everything the same way for a hundred years. And now people are starting to not demand dairy, for example, as much. Right. Yeah. And all these farmers are freaking out because they're not selling as much dairy milk Mm -hmm. and the government's trying to help them out. And like, you know, 
do whatever they can to help them out. And it's like, dude, fucking innovate. Like yeah. you have, you know, 200 acres of land here or whatever the hell you got. Mm-hmm. It's like, do something else. Like you're the only industry on the planet that when like demand slows, mm-hmm. you expect to be like bailed out. It's like, yeah, it's like, go out of business then. It's, I don't know why, like we care so much about the farmers and I don't mean to sound like an asshole there, but it's like, no, I think if I people don't saying. buy your product, you have to innovate just like anybody else. Like throughout history it's been that way. Yeah. yeah. Think about it. I mean, but throughout yeah. history, there's been people who've been reticent to change like that. Yeah. I mean, we have the, the Luddites who are smashing those, those assembly lines because they're losing their jobs to machines. Mm. So it's the same kind of thing is that whenever there's change, there's always people who resist change. Yeah. But that doesn't mean change is wrong. Yeah. Right. There's people who resist <clears throat> the change over from slavery. Yeah, right. Doesn't mean we should keep slavery because we're worried about, you know, these slave yeah. owners are going to lose their income. Yeah. Right? So. Exactly, yeah. So the farmer argument and, like, the livelihood argument, like, I just can't stand. It's like, look, if people aren't demanding it, do something else. And a lot of these guys have a lot of freaking land. Yeah. It's like, dude, you can't come up with a way to make money off of that? I don't know. I, I don't know? know. I just don't. I think it's kind of a, a bogus argument to complain. Well, these people aren't going to have yeah. jobs. Like, well, you weren't, I didn't see you protesting when Blockbuster went out of business. Exactly. You know? Where's your compassion for Blockbuster? Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Or no. what, what I mean, what are the recent ones that went out of business? But that's the one I can think of off the yeah. top of my head. Yeah. No, that's, that's, a, that's a good example. Nice, man. So, what's, uh, I'll throw you a curveball here. What's, what's something we haven't, haven't talked about uh, about you that you, you want to share? can be anything um oh i think um i meant to go into this i didn't really but uh the effects of a vegan diet going back to the health stuff it's also provided and you've probably experienced this too um crazy benefits from an athletic sort of fitness standpoint which i totally did not expect that was actually probably my biggest fear when i went vegan was oh my god how is this gonna affect me athletically or whatever because i was big into swimming like working out um obviously you know i used to do athletics as a kid so i was totally freaking out that i'm gonna be anemic and protein deficient and things like that um and it's all false i feel feel a thousand times better on this i feel like i have more energy during my workouts i recover quicker between my workouts um i don't feel like crap after eating certain things Mm -hmm. um yeah and it's um, i know anecdotes only mean so much but i'm not the only one who feels this way and they've done studies and you know proven that i think vegans have on general, are better chance of having improved physical fitness levels and also having better chance at weight loss. Yep. So. Yeah. For I sure, dude. Really yeah, and I, sh- and I should point out for the listeners, yeah, like on your Instagram, you're just shredded up. Oh, thanks, you know, man. You're not in you're well, not That fluctuates depending yeah. on if I've eaten recently or not. But <laughs> the lighting. Lighting is key. Yeah. Lighting is lighting key. Lighting is yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's my number one takeaway. <laughs> From this entire podcast, I want everyone to remember is that go. lighting is everything. Yep. Yeah. Remember yep. that. How is like, do they really get lighting right on like movie sets to make everybody look way better? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, they, yeah. they put through makeup and they light it however they want it to look. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, what's interesting uh, is that they say, you know, the camera adds 10 pounds. Yeah. That's 100% accurate. But the camera also makes you look younger. It's mm. super weird. Because, so when you see someone and they look old on camera, chances are they look really old in real life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, like, I feel like I, I've seen, like, a, I saw, like, a Clint Eastwood, like, movie. 
Uh-huh. And then, like, I saw him accept, like, the award for the movie. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, he looks old. But in the yeah. movie... Well, he, he is, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in the movie, like, I was like, holy shit, he looks good for his age. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I think that's the lighting and the makeup and all that. Yeah. 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 Nice, man. So what's uh, what's projects are on, on the horizon for you? What's, what's um, kind of... Do you... I guess I should ask, what's kind of... What's kind of the pinnacle for you? Like, do you want to get to a point where you're like, you know, the star of a movie? Like, what's the what's the long game here? For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, cool. If that happens, I ain't yeah, going to yeah. complain. But, I mean, all I ever really wanted was to, to act and, and, you know, be able to do that and not have to worry about things. Yeah. Um, and now, obviously, with how things change in life, I'd like to be able to use that platform like this to be able to, to reach people and affect them in, in positive ways. Mm particularly in, in ways uh, regarding veganism. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the end goal is to be able to combine the two, um, you know, do something like this and also be able to act. That's kind of the dream, I guess. Yeah. Um, are there a lot of like vegan actors? Like, are there a lot of like people living that lifestyle just because of the benefits and it keeps them looking good and young and I think like, is so. it a I thing out a here? Number. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it is LA. So yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone's always on the latest trend in there, of course. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I, I think so. I think, but I think it's the same in, in, in any industry. There's people who are making the change to a plant-based diet and then there's people who's, you know, holding on to things and being kind of resistant to change. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, uh, you probably noticed this too. I feel like in the past 10 years, things have really blown up um, and they're to keep blowing up. Yeah. Uh, even five years ago, when I first did this, there was, I didn't, I, I feel like I got like a lot more pushback. And now more and more people are like asking me for input advice or want me to share my thoughts on things. Yeah. I think you know? there's so many different, like, there's so many different like angles that are coming together mm-hmm. in platforms and, you know, a bunch of different you know, doctors that have platforms now oh, that yeah. are like getting, you know, showing the real science and showing the, you know, actual results of dealing with patients. And, um, then there's, you know, more and more documentaries about the, mm-hmm. the animals, the environment and yeah, man, it's cool. It's yeah. definitely. Even just social even media has the, been a big, big tool oh, yeah. because then everybody, everybody has a platform now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you see, good like, or bad, but yeah, yeah. it's a platform <laughs> good now. Or bad, yeah. Right. So yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, Instagram has has changed the game. I feel like on that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 Well, nice man. What? Uh, anything else you wanna you wanna get into um, that we didn't think if we that didn't, we didn't talk did, about? Didn't, we didn't discuss. Is there anything? Yeah. You wanted to ask? I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'll ask you where you get your protein. <laughs> from plants yeah. yeah in case you didn't know everybody uh all protein on this planet comes from plants that's right only plants are able to take nitrogen from the air and turn it into the amino acids that become protein animals then eat those plants that's how they get their protein so if you eat meat you're just eating secondhand protein might as well go directly to the main source itself right same thing with omega-3s I get that question a lot about omega threes. Omega threes, yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Omega threes don't come from fish; they come from algae. Fish eat the algae, so when you eat the fish, you're eating secondhand omega threes. Mm. How about calcium? That's another one people ask. What about calcium? Yeah, a lot. Plants have calcium as well. Yeah. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Nice dude. Nice um, dude. Think, was there anything else? Your prediction on. Uh, Who's like hot right now in, in the acting world? 
who's like up and coming? Who's going to be the next? That's a good question. Next big star. I don't know. You know what? I feel yeah. like that's a hard question to answer now because there are just so much more now than there were than there was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, there's so many more. There's so much more TV. Um, there's still just as many movies, and now there's you know web series. People have their things on on Instagram and, and Facebook. Uh, it's really hard to say. I mean, people talk about like the death of the movie star. Mm. Like you don't really need a movie star anymore. Um, it's almost like you're like that's partially true. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like you can be like a YouTube star. You know, right? Yeah. Which is essentially the same thing or close to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Those people are making, well, I don't know. YouTube is having some issues with their demonetization, but I think some of those people are making some pretty good money. But just think about some of the, like, uh, some of the biggest shows out there. Um, a lot of them, those people on there, they weren't stars before they did that show. Um, yeah, sure. Some of them, you might recognize them. Oh yeah. I recognize him from a few things, but they, you know, they don't have major A-list headliners. Yeah. Just think of like uh, Modern Family. None of those people were big before that blew up. Game of Thrones, none of those people were big before that blew up. Mm. Um, yeah, you might recognize some of them, but none of them were like superstars or anything. Yeah. Um, but I think feature films are a little bit slower to change. But yeah. yeah. What's a day in the life look like, dude? Like, what's your, like, <laughs> you know, in, in throwing food, too? What, what's kind of, give us, like, your, 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 a day in the life, but also, like, what you're eating, too, for people that are, like... Gotcha. What the hell does this guy eat? So if I have an audition, then I'll, I guess I'll structure my schedule around my audition. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure you know, an audition is like an interview for an acting job. So I'll structure my day around that if I have one. Um, otherwise, I mean, as far as like uh, my diet and stuff like that, I do intermittent fasting. Um, I'm, I don't know if you've talked about this or that on the podcast, but I don't know if we really want to get into it. But I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting. Yeah. What, what started you on it? What started me on it? I yeah. was never that big of a breakfast eater to begin with. And I know some people talk about certain health benefits with intermittent fasting, what it can provide. I don't know about that, to be honest. The main thing that intermittent fasting provides to me is an easy way to control calories. Mm. Because you're only eating once or twice a day. It's a lot easier to not overdo it than if you have like four or six small meals throughout the day with like snacks in between. Mm. Um, intermittent fasting just provides that sort of leeway um, to, I guess, enjoy life. So you can have two meals, and if you want like a dessert later, it's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Have you messed with longer term fasting at all? I have done like juice fast and water fast for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What's the longest you've done? Not too long. I did yeah. a water fast for three days. That was the longest yeah. I did. How um, was that? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big proponent of fasts really? like that, okay. to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're inherently anything wrong with them. Yeah. Um, I just, I notice every single time I've done that, as soon as I start eating again, it's like, it was the exact same that I felt before I did the fast. Mm. Um, I know some people have like crazy success doing them. Um, but yeah, if it works for you, make sure you're doing it safely. That's all I can say. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So back to the day in life. Sorry. So yeah. So then I'll have my two meals. Uh, lunch typically tends to be something centered around fruit. I'll have a smoothie. Um, maybe something else with it. Um, that's also what's nice about intermittent fasting is that if I'm out and about, I'm not going to freak out that I don't have my little meals and Tupperware containers totally. taking with yeah. me. Uh, so I can eat at a restaurant if I need to. And then dinner is kind of whatever. Um, you know, I, uh, I can cook. I'm not a big fan of cooking. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's, to me, it's just a means to an end. But yeah, there's a couple of things I can cook and cook well. Um, so I'll have those if I'm at home. And then, yeah, just live my life. 
Um, I work uh, part-time at a talent agency as well. Mm-hmm. Um, before, I used to work with adults with developmental disabilities. And yeah, that's, that's kind of the grind, man. I'm nothing crazy or super exciting. Sorry. I'm yeah. nothing super <laughs> Significant controversial other in or the anything. Life? Yeah, I have a fiance. Yeah, yeah. congrats. Well, right. thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, yeah, we're set for 2020 is our date. Um, yeah, we've been together a long time. So yeah. it's a long from, time coming. Is she from LA? She's from San Jose originally. Yep. We met at school down here in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. Nice, dude. Well, um, I guess. Uh, we're winding down here, but I got one more that I ask most people that come on. Please. At the end of the day, yes. if you had to choose one reason, why do you live a vegan lifestyle? The number one reason why, and I guess I already talked about this, the yeah. more reason why I live a vegan lifestyle and why I continue to live a, vegan, live a vegan lifestyle and why I implore everyone to consider living a vegan lifestyle is human rights. I care about other people. I think when you start digging into it and you're looking into a lot of the industries that provide animal products that we use, you'll realize the toll that it takes on people, um, physically, mentally, psychologically. Um, like we talk about, people are starving, people are getting seriously injured, people are having health problems, um, just providing you with your, your bacon and your, your leather purse. Mm. So, yeah. Love it, dude. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me Thank on you. here, man. Yeah, dude, and keep like uh, keep posting, keep being an example, man. It's it's cool to see. Likewise, and yeah. thanks for doing this podcast. Keep yeah. it going. Um, yeah, for get, sure. Getting the message out there, and yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks, dude.